Marika Walsh reporting for the Globe and Mail that the Canada-U.S. deal that was announced on Friday, it was actually leaked on Thursday, but announced and formalized on Friday, took effect Friday at midnight, all about irregular crossings, as people like to call them, that that deal was actually made a year ago, but they had to, I guess, work out the details. Is it like an arranged marriage? Marika Walsh joins <laughs> us right now. Good morning, Marika. Good morning, John. Okay, how did you learn of this, that uh, this deal is actually a year old? Because everybody was so excited about it on Friday. It's like, oh, look, they finally made a deal. <laughs> it is one of those funny things of covering politics that we sort of learn things in reverse. Um, it, it actually came out, um, Paul Vieira with the Wall Street Journal tweeted a link to a U.S. government document that was part of their regulatory procedures that had um, signed, um, dated document from the Minister of Immigration and from the Homeland Secretary that was dated last year. And so that's sort of the first thing that um, showed that that it maybe wasn't as uh, much of a surprise as the government suggested that there was a deal. But that is also sort of what the government describes as the first step in the U.S. process to actually get the changes in place. And the next step is a, an administrative review to get the rules ready to implement it and to bring it into force. And the concern was that that could take as long as three years. And if they announced it before those rules were in place, it could spur a rush to the border in advance of that. Okay, so this is one of those things where you come up with an idea, but then the civil servants and the lawyers have to comb through it? Exactly. I think that is a good way of distilling it down for the average person. They agreed politically to something and then needed to get all their ducks in a row to be able to enforce it. And the issue, of course, is, you know, if they announced that it was closing and it was already such a well-known border crossing at Roxham Road, in particular between Quebec and New York, the concern was that that would motivate people to come in droves before the deal came into effect because that it was... Um, leaked and then announced so soon before the deal came into effect, it couldn't drive more people to come because there wouldn't have been more enough time for them to get here. Okay, and I'm just wondering about uh, any other thoughts you have about the summit. Um, I was looking at mm -hmm. all the journalists who tend to sit stone-faced in the house with laptops uh, <laughs> and earphones. I don't know if you were actually in the house because I couldn't pick you out. I wasn't in the house. I was um, waiting in the press conference room because of all the logistics of getting it, getting um, around in the security in Ottawa. But, uh, you know, what struck me the most from that summit was how much Joe Biden and Justin Trudeau like to talk about the same things and underscore the same things and the great efforts they went to. And, and by those things, I mean things like climate change, the economy, um, you know, even gender diversity in their cabinets came up. So those sorts of things, they are really on the same page on. And I think they went to great lengths to highlight what they agree on and to highlight what they're working on that they think is sellable to their voters while really sort of ignoring or turning a blind eye to the bigger elephants in the room, like China, like Russia. They were hinted at, but they were all in the position of sort of an optimistic view on the world, not um, sort of a, a stressful or negative view on, on the more concerning geopolitics at play. Marika, what a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks, John. Take care. Marika Walsh is with The Globe and Mail, and you can read her online.